0: Lays it in to Trey, two seconds, wide. Trey Slaughter, good! With one, and the Hawks are
1: going to win this game. Shot clock at five, it's poked away, and comes up with it, and stops it. Came up shy. another lob at up high. Picked up by Tatum, slaps it, can't get it, Kevin lets it fly, swish! Oh! Hello and welcome to the All Rookie Podcast. Today is June thirtieth, twenty twenty two, and I am your host William Harris, aka William is Bill. Great to be back with you on another day of the All Rookie Podcast. Today we have a great episode, one of my favorites, when I always have this guest on because I have my main man Brad Harden slash Brad Jarrett of Sports Ethos Hawks joining me today. What's up, Brad? How you doing?
0: Man, I'm doing good. It's been a it's been a whirlwind of a day here in Atlanta, as you yes. can probably see on Twitter. Uh, but I don't want to you know forecast too much
1: <laughs> in this preview. I'm gonna let you do that, but I am doing well down here in the A. It's definitely been an incredible day if you're a Hogs fan and a very interesting day if you're a Spurs fan. Well, tell everyone before we get started where they can find your pod or check you out on Twitter.
0: So the podcast is available on all platforms out there uh sports ethos atlanta hawks your coverage for the atlanta hawks one of the hottest new podcasts covering your hawks uh follow me on twitter at brad Jarrett67. 67 that is brad jarrett 67. and then follow our show on twitter as well at ethos hawks on twitter at ethos hawks uh it's we're gonna be talking some hawks
1: this episode uh spoiler alert just spoiler oh, alert right damn. there for sure. And what better team to talk about? They drafted some exciting rookies and made the biggest trade of the year so far. What would you like to talk about first? Your draft picks or the big trade of today? I want to make people wait for the trade. You know, that's okay. probably what they that's probably what they were expecting from uh-huh. me. Let, let's give these rookies some love uh before we jump into the trade. Let's do it. Let's do it. So the Hawks had the 16th pick in the draft, and they ended up selecting AJ Griffin from Duke. And with the 51st pick in the draft, they selected Tyrese Martin from UConn. Let's start with A.J. Griffin. How do you feel about the pick? Do you feel like the right guy fell into place or you should have traded up? Or how do you feel about the pick? Now, you know my affinity for Obaji from KU who did go,
0: I yep. want to say, a pick or two before the Hawks could get him going to Cleveland and Cleveland continues to just load up on talent. I mean, that's – a scary roster up there um, in the land. But A.J. Griffin, and we talked about it, was not supposed to fall to 16. He was probably in that range, what, 7 to 14 maybe? Yeah. Uh, so I was not expecting A.J. Griffin. Um, I've, I'm, obviously, I support Duke, so I did watch Duke games. But I didn't really dive deep into him this offseason because I didn't think it was a possibility. And with Obagi gone – And then the rumors coming around about mm, the Hawks are interested in A.J. Griffin, you know, it it may, it piqued my interest. And I'm like another wing player, not great defensively, but has instincts. It could improve on that end. Uh, The three-point shooting is what, his jump shooting is what jumps off, you know, tape. I mean, you saw the tape, I saw the tape. His jump shooting is just, it's just elite, elite, especially for the college ranks. And to add that element to this team who, it's pretty hard and cold. it's pretty hard and cold from three-point range. There's games where they're going to hit 14, 15, 16 threes, and there's games where they hit four all game, and it's a struggle. So to add a, a piece in the – and this is if Nate McMillan plays him. We always say if Nate plays him, right. this is going to be good because uh, I have some comps. I, I'm curious because I wanted to bring these out. I got the comps right here. So I've been seeing these comps for A.J. Griffin. Physically, and you guys, I mean, 6'6", 220, um, so built. Physically, they compared him as far as his strength and the potential in the mid-range to Jimmy Butler. But I've seen – here's the people that I've seen. I've seen Robert Covington. I've seen Sadiq Bey, and I see a bigger version of Gary Trent. That's who I see when I see A.J. Griffin. Now, I'm going to kick it to you <laughs> about that uh, with the comps and then talk a little bit more about what I like about him. But I'm, I'm curious, you know, you you, you the
1: master by, as far as rookies. What do you think about those comps? They're very interesting. You know, when, when I watched tape with A.J., I did not see a direct uh, correlation to another player. You know, I tried, but I didn't see it. And a lot of people say in high school he was a different player than he was at Duke more athletic, more than just a spot-up shooter, can create his own shot, and that he was coming off of a slight injury, and that's why he didn't. we didn't see the full A.J. Griffin at Duke. We saw more of the safe A.J. Griffin. So if he has more to his game than what he showed at Duke, that could be scary for y'all. I mean, and like you said, with the three-point shooting, y'all need it. He shot 45% from three. That I mean, that makes him the best shooter in this class. So if you got the best shooter in the draft and his potential for athleticism is even higher than what he showed at Duke, it's a true steal. I had him in my last mock going 11th. So to get that at 16, that's incredible value. The only thing you have to worry about is, like they said, that injury before the season at Duke. Have you heard anything about that? Could that be a reason why he fell a little bit in this draft? So upon press
0: conferences, uh, it was not mentioned uh, from ownership here in Atlanta. They weren't really concerned. They did their due diligence, uh, as they do with all their players, and they didn't see a concern as far as the injuries. And I saw the same narratives that you saw, too, that he was a little bit more explosive in high school, um, but... That shooting and that spacing, you know, for him to be 6'6 six, six with a seven foot wingspan and his potential in the defensive end with that frame and his strength already is very, very intriguing, especially what we talk about a little later in this program with him coming off the bench and having a lineup where he's next to a Bogey or a guy who we traded for today, who I'm not going to, you know, spoil alert. If we do bring back DeLon Wright, another floor spacer. In that lineup, who can shoot the three is going to really help this Hawks team, um, especially in spells where Trey Young needs to get spelled and jump shooting and three point shooting is going to come at a premium for this Hawks team. And he's the guy that could fill that void. Uh, so I'm really excited to see how we utilize him if we utilize him. Hmm. Um, I hate saying if because we already know the narrative of Nate McMillan not playing rookies. You've got on me. You're like, come on, man, why Jalen Johnson yeah. ain't playing? I'm like, man, I don't know. You gotta call Nate. <laughs> you gotta call Nate. I don't have his number, but I'll, I'll hook you up. Yeah, we
1: gotta we gotta get a connection from Brad Brad straight to Nate because yeah, I was so mad last year.
0: <laughs> a lot of Hawks fans were too. You you don't you don't know how many times I see just on Twitter just people just dragging Nate McMillan. Why isn't Jalen Johnson out there? And the funny thing was the athletic potential, obviously of Jalen Johnson is intangible. More people were upset that Sharif Cooper wasn't playing. Oh yeah, They're like, yeah, they're like, where's Sharif? Where's Sharif? Is he traveling this week? Why is he not active? Oh, he's in College Park. Like that was just an ongoing soap opera week to week as far as will we see Sharif Cooper? And I mean, they did tender him, so he's supposed to come back. Uh, But I hope that's not the case this year, especially with AJ Griffin. And I hope, Uh, Jalen Johnson does get more uh, clock, but to have those Duke boys with their obviously more athleticism for Johnson, but just the IQ in the spacing of Griffin, I I think it could be really nice pieces, you know, later on. And if we can get them some clock, who knows down the stretch what they'll look like and how they can truly help this Hawks team uh, battle for a playing spot and beyond as far as playoffs.
1: Yeah, you know, um, I I do believe A.J. Griffin will sneak into the lineup this year uh, as opposed to the guys last year because that shooting is so needed. You know, if you would have drafted just about anybody else, maybe Ochai and A.J. were probably the only two players you could have drafted that probably will get some minutes on this team. because the team is deep, but that three-point shooting is very necessary. So I think he'll get on the court, you know, We'll see what you do with John Collins. We're still hoping for Jalen Johnson on the court, and we know you guys love Sharif Cooper in the A. Uh, how do you feel about Tyrese Martin? You select him at 51. You know, Now, I don't expect him to get minutes being drafted so late, but how do you feel about Tyrese Martin from UConn?
0: I mean, he has potential. He has potential. I mean, for him being 6'6", 215, um, that's already a pretty good frame. Uh, oh, yeah. One comp that I did see from this guy in – I feel like I can get away with this because I don't know if you watch watched as much film on, on Tyrese Martin. I mean, I, I watched a little. I'm not going to act like I watched a lot. But one comp is uh, Amir Coffey, uh, mm. who is a solid player, uh, bench contributor, can fill in here and there as far as for that Clippers lineup. It called for them to do that with the injuries last year. Uh, but one great thing about uh, Tyrese Martin that does kind of scare people, was, which is funny to say this. He improved from three-point range. He improved to 43% from three last year. But some people are like, that improvement is it a fluke, is it real, which is, I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a viable question. But as far as for a prospect, I'm not going to question that at all. I mean, you improve your three-point shooting at 6'6", 215, that's great. He's a vertical leaper, 39-inch vertical, really good rebounder as a guard, um, has a nice post-up game has a good motor, can defend, great off the ball. Uh, not an elite ball handler, but um, and he can struggle scoring in traffic, so that's something they that who have to improve and can struggle defensively as far as with lateral quickness defending smaller guards, but certainly a nice prospect. In Heck, we've seen people use their G League teams to truly develop players and bring them up and develop confidence and let's see what they turn out to. He's another guy that Let's see what happens. I mean, put him alongside Skylar Mays and Sharif Cooper in College Park, and let's see what he turns into. I think the, the bare bones of what he could be he can be a pretty solid NBA player as far as off the bench and contribute here and there. And, and even if that's what you get in the second round, I'm not going to complain about that. I know, a lot of people complain about trading back and getting him and then just getting $2 million cash that we can't use from the Warriors. So people are going to complain about the trade. But the prospect itself, I mean, I like the frame. I like his potential. He can play the two guard or the three. And let's see if we can develop him. That's something that we need to do better at as player development here in Atlanta. And if we have a plan for him, he could potentially see the court probably in about a year or two, maybe three um, with some time in College Park.
1: Yeah, I think he'll be a perfect prospect for College Park. You know, he put up some great games at UConn. So, yes, that's 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 worthy of the 51st pick for sure. Um, You know, so overall, how would you feel about your squad coming out of the draft going into the season?
0: I like the picks. I like the potential for, as you said, for A.J. Griffin to sneak into the lineup. Nate, Uh, (laughs) I like the potential for him to sneak into the lineup really add some three-point shooting and a, a lot of one thing that landry fields um who is now promoted to assistant gm here oh, wow. in atlanta um he really says that he's underrated at putting the ball on the floor and that's something that i'm going to be looking at too he has the ability to put the ball on the floor get into that mid-range on top of just not just being a catch and shoot guy who knows and obviously one of the things that he was obviously grilled about, everyone's been asking about A.J. Griffin and say, hey, we know you're not the greatest on defense. Um, I think because of his NBA pedigree, his dad being a coach, uh, didn't want to ring with the Raptors. Uh, his dad had a decent playing career, bouncing around uh, to a few teams here and there. Uh, he wants to improve that lateral, lateral foot speed and get better on the defensive end. If he's a guy that knows that he needs to get better at that and he already has the shooting that he does, that's a pretty good building block to start off from, and then having a prospect in Martin uh, in the second round with the, um, not, I'm not gonna say embarrassment of riches, uh, mm-hmm. but just the prospects we have in College Park, uh, could could potentially brew something. If not immediately, competition breeds, you know, confidence, and just gonna it's gonna make everybody else better, especially a hard nosed guy. Coming from the Northeast, started at Rhode Island, went to UConn. Both programs put out tough, hard-nosed players. We need more of that in our locker room here yeah. um, in Atlanta. So I like the draft. I thought we had a good draft. I thought we had a good draft last year. You um did, we still did. had a good we still <laughs> had a good draft last year, but it's just, can we see them on the court? That's 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 all we want to know here in
1: Atlanta. And if I had to make a comparison for AJ Griffin, I think I would throw out Chris Middleton. How do you feel about that?
0: I like it. I mean, I see it. I really do. Especially some of the film I've seen him in the mid range, right. uh, be able to create space and get that shot off in the mid range. Especially, uh, I mean, I didn't watch any highlights of him in high school. I yeah. I heard about the athleticism in the lift um, that we did not necessarily see at Duke. Uh, but not Chris Middleton doesn't necessarily have that. But to be six six with a 7-foot wingspan, c- you can get your shot off over some defenders who try to check you in the mid-range and from three. So if he turns out to be a Chris Middleton, I I think <laughs> how Chris Middleton did us uh, in the <laughs> conference finals, going to the NBA finals uh, yeah. last year, I don't think Hawks fans will complain about that.
1: Right. And Chris Middleton was undrafted, I believe. So, you know, it's more than possible yeah. that, AJ Griffin should be in that caliber at least. So um, but moving on, speaking about the draft overall, is there a team that you think had the best draft overall? If you if you can't think of any teams right now, three come to the top of my mind. The Pistons, the Spurs, the Rockets, but there were a lot of teams that hit it out of the park. Who do you think had the best draft?
0: You mentioned two of them. I think the Rockets and the Pistons had really good drafts. I think they had really good drafts there. Um, and I will even say Oklahoma City had a pretty good draft as well. Um, I think the Pistons definitely took a step forward. I think they're still probably about two years. They could surprise us. You know, they could be the Cavaliers and surprise us and pop up and, and contend for a play-in spot. Not next season, but the year after. Um, but I think they're heading in the right direction. Um, now, I thought the direction was to potentially we talked about on the live show to get these young players and go get Aiden but obviously we seem to trade with the Knicks and they're just going to absorb contracts at this point which is fine. I'm not, I'm not going to com- uh, complain but Durant uh Duran and um Ivy that's going to be that's going to be nasty to go along with Cade Cunningham that's going to be pretty nasty. Yes. Uh, I, I cannot wait to see I mean even though I'm a Hawk, Hawks guy uh covering the team and I know you the Hornets I mean, when the Pistons roll up in on in the town or League Pass or wherever your local broadcast is, if your team is playing the Pistons, it's gonna be must watch TV. That that's gonna be a League Pass team for people to watch,
1: uh for sure. Yeah, they definitely sped up their uh reloading process, you know, in one year. <laughs> and you know, obviously with Kate, Sadiq Bay, they're they're coming into being a Isaiah Isaiah Stewart. Isaiah yep. Stewart. Yep, yeah, yeah. That front they, even with got Kevin up, they even got Prasita, uh in the second round. So he, he was thought of highly by a lot of people. So, yeah, and, you know, you did allude to the live show we did. If you didn't hear me and Brad, along with a couple other people from Sports Ethos, covered the draft live. If you want to catch the recap of it, check out Sports Ethos YouTube page. It was a great, fun time. I always love being on with Brad. Now. For the topic of the day, topic of the month, probably, topic of the year for the Hawks, they made a huge trade out of nowhere with the Spurs, and they have acquired DeJounte Murray. What did they send back? Is John Collins gone? Is Trey Young gone? No, nobody's gone except Danilo Gallinari and three first-round picks, Brad. When I heard the news, I immediately got on Twitter and said, I got to talk to you today about this trade. How do you feel about this trade?
0: Well, it was kind of a tease yesterday because the reports and the rumors coming out was it's going to be John Collins and first-round picks. We all expected it was going to be John Collins. It's going to be John Collins. There was a, a late development yesterday. It was like, wait a minute, there's a change in the tides. They, they said Gallinari in three first round picks. I said, I spit my water out at one. <laughs> I did. I said, I said Gallinari. In th- it, like, smack that button. I'm like, smack that button right now. Right now. Because if we didn't trade Gallinari by 5 p.m. Eastern today, that contract would have been guaranteed on our books. And wow. if for a lot of people who do not know, He's guaranteed, I think, 21 or 22 mil, I want to say, this upcoming season. um, I think it's 22 mil. Someone can fact check me. But regardless, the money he's going to be getting for the defensive liability, I love the scoring that he provided off the bench for us. He can go get his own shot, shoot over some defenders, uh, and his savvy as a vet. But come on, 22 22 mil for bad knees. Uh, no offense. Gallo, I love you, man. I love you, but uh, it, it was time to move on. So when they switched to that, I was like, man, like if we did that as a steal. And then the news came out, well, the Spurs won four first round picks. I'm like, oh man, they don't want to trade Murray. Right. And and then late in the midnight hour, you know, <laughs> he turned it around. And next, thing you know, I get that notification while I'm at work. Uh, and I was not productive for the rest of the day um, at all. Uh, because my Twitter was blowing up to see Murray coming to Atlanta in exchange for Gallinari and three first round picks. That's just, and to give people context, the Spurs get Charlotte's 2023 first round pick top 16 protected, an unprotected 2025 first round pick unprotected 26, uh, 2026 first round pick swap and an unprotected 2027 first round pick. So they definitely got a haul. Their future is intact, probably in the sweet states to get uh the big guy out of France next year. When if it, it it's all signs pointing in that. But to give up that to get Murray and improve our can't can't complain cannot complain.
1: Definitely, definitely. Uh, how do you think Dejounte will pair with Trey Young? A lot of people are concerned about your defense, uh, your size. But how do you think they'll compare? Because offensively, we know it won't be a problem.
0: Offensively, offense has never been a problem for Atlanta. Defense has. Uh, they have been mid-20s in defensive rating You know, this year. They were a little bit better last year, but they've definitely taken a step back. You can attribute that to injuries, whatever you want to call it. But defensively, the Hawks do get better with Murray. Uh, Murray, last year, on top of being the primary ball handler and the engine of the offense for the Spurs, he had the task of guarding the best player on the other team last year. Uh, the best perimeter ball handler for the other team, and to get a guy who was a steals champion. He's six four, has long arms, relentless on the defensive end, um, disruptive, great at the point of attack, which the Hawks' defense has lacked the last few years, as far as especially in the backcourt um, point of attack assignments. Um, As I said, I expect him to take on the best ball handler for the other team, and that's going to help out defensively, DeAndre Hunter. It's going to help out if we do bring back DeLon Wright. It's going to help hide Trey Young a little bit more. And then you add another ball handler who can score, create, finish in traffic, give Trey Young some spells and stretches as far as playmaking uh, duties, give some off-ball opportunities for Trey Young, give off-ball opportunities for bogey, catch-and-shoot opportunities. I think he – he opens up our offense more. gives us more opportunity for others to shine because he's close to a triple double guy last year. I mean, I mean, last year, I mean, if you look at his numbers, he averaged 21 points per game, eight rebounds and nine assists. Uh, his rebounding is going to be crucial. His ability to create for others when Trey Young is on and off the court is going to be great. His defense. So I think it's a home run trade in a necessary trade the hawks need to make and to keep and you mentioned to keep john collins and still have that ability to trade him whenever we do trade him this offseason pair him with a herder or someone else another star may be coming to atlanta i don't think atlanta is i don't think atlanta is done yet i don't think they are so i love the trade This is what Hawks Twitter has been wanting since the rumors have been put out, and right now they're celebrating as if the Falcons won the Super Bowl. They have not, because I'm a Saints fan, and I'm not going to even get there right now.
1: Yeah, we don't want to go there. I I, I, don't. I don't
0: want to make y'all mad. Celebrate this day, y'all know who. I know who my allegiance are, but that's how they're celebrating right now on Twitter.
1: Right, and you know it's a lot of talk. Like I said, is it going to work? But you know, in Utah, their lineup is small too. With uh, you know. Spider Mitchell, and Mike Conley, they're smaller lineup, so you guys will be bigger than them. But as far as fantasy, guys that are becoming up in fantasy, they are a little depressed because they feel Trey's value is going down and DeJounte's going down. Do you think for all those fantasy players out there, they will take a big hit? Because I think DeJounte might have been top 10, top 15 last year. He's um, definitely top 15 yeah. for sure. Yeah, so what do you um, think? I think –
0: I think they're both must drafts. Um, that's better than what you could say before. I mean, when you look at the Hawks roster, Trey Young must draft, obviously Capella must draft, especially if you need a big John Collins was a must draft, but his usage went down. So his value isn't, wasn't as high. And then outside of those three guys, I mean, you couldn't really trust Bogey because of injury. You didn't know where Herder was going to be in the lineup. Um Hunter injuries as well. Not a lot of guys you can really trust on this Hawks team outside of Trey Young and Capella last year. I think you can trust Murray. I think he's gonna still get his it's not he's not gonna have the the crazy assist numbers that he had last year. I think he's still gonna provide value with steals. I think he's still gonna rebound. I think he's still going to score. Um I think efficiency is gonna improve for both of them. Yeah. Because it's gonna I think it's gonna cut down turnovers. And hopefully, off-ball opportunities could lead to more made three-pointers for Trey Young. Uh, So so there's potential there that, hey, those two guys should still definitely draft. Uh, We don't know what's going to happen with Capella or John Collins as far as fantasy goes. So those are are the two for sure players right now that I can say go and draft for the Hawks right now because – we don't know where Collins is going to end up. He's probably going to be out of the Atlanta Hawks uniform. We don't know where Capella is going to end up either. Uh, Cause he's been mentioned in connection with a DeAndre Aiden trade. And who knows? I don't know where Collins is going to go, but there's still still some things to figure out, but another move is going to be made. But if you're making fantasy moves right now, it's really early. I mean, free agency hasn't started. So you're just really above, above and beyond right now, if you're planning, but Trey young and, DeJounte Murray are a must draft for the Hawks.
1: Yeah, and Trey Murphy's, like you said about efficiency, you know, his field goal percentage might go up because you know now they have another threat beside him. You know, they kind of respected Bogey, kind of respect Hunter, but they they're not fearing them. Now no. you can't leave DeJounte Murray at any point because you never know. If he doesn't get the shot, he's gonna get the assist. So before we get out of here, you kind of alluded to it a little bit about the Hawks' future. I was going to say, are there any more moves to be made? And you seem to think there are. Could could you guys stand pat with John Collins? Or do you think it's just too late? He's out the door. I would love to stand pat with John Collins. Personally, I've
0: said that on Twitter, that, hey, if we can keep him, I would love to keep him. But we have to utilize him efficient, efficiently. We have to use him. Uh, his usage went down last year and was still second on the team in points per game, I think, or third. Uh, it, regardless, and he was second in rebounds on the team behind Clint Capella. So when he's on the court, he's he's efficient. He's there. He's a 40% three-point shooter. Who would not want that from their four? Right. But we just do not use him. I don't know. Nate. Nate. <laughs> Give me another Nate. I need to talk to you, man. Um, That's – that is my that's my issue. If we're going to keep him, we have to use him. If we're not going to use him and there is value for him, the Celtics are interested in him. The Bulls have, men- have mentioned some interest. Portland has been tied to him. The Spurs obviously was until obviously this Murray trade happened today. I mean, there's 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 a market for John Collins. And right now, since they have their backcourt solidified and they know where they want their front court to go with a Congo. Now you have to make a decision about, I mean, you have your, your wings, you have Hunter, you have Herter. As of right now, you draft AJ Griffin, you have Jalen Johnson.
1: Ooh, now, that's a lot of talent.
0: That's a lot of talent, but Ooh. now you you got to make a decision on your front court. Yeah, Who's going to leave? Is it going to be Capella who took a step back with that Achilles uh, injury last year, um, but still had to finish strong until obviously he got hurt in the plan um, or uh, Are you going to trade the disgruntled, reportedly disgruntled John Collins? Uh, That is the questions that need to be answered. Uh, It doesn't have to be answered as fast, but I think the Hawks are still definitely fielding phone calls, especially for John Collins, as their desire is to move him
1: this summer. Right, right. That's crazy, and I'm sure you're going to get a great fit back. You know, this team is going to be scary. Like you said, the future is bright, but also the right now is bright. So I can't wait to see what you guys. Are you going to do next? Are you going to keep the coach? <laughs> is he going to last throughout the season? We don't mm. know. But is there anything you want to say before we get out of here on this great episode? I appreciate you having me on again, too.
0: Oh, man, I appreciate being on. Uh, I mean, like I said, it was a no brainer. When you reached out, I said, I got to record tonight anyway. Might as well do it with a friend, <laughs> a great friend of the program and Will. So I said, it was a no brainer for me. But I would just say, continue to, John Collins' watch is still in effect. Um. So definitely keep an eye out there If you're a Hawks supporter Or if you're a team interested in John Collins' services Still be on the lookout I think that's still going to be there And um, for Hawks fans in particular We just lost our top assistant coach Assistant coach uh, shopping is going to be is going to be pretty prevalent this offseason So that's something that we're going to continue to monitor Here at um, Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks And you
1: should too as Hawks fans There you go, there you have it I would like to thank you once again, Brad Harden slash Brad Jarrett. Follow him on Twitter at BradJarrett67. Great follow, great content with the Hawks, especially if you love the Hawks. Check them out and check out Sports Eat Those Hawks. And I appreciate you so much for being on Brad. Like my show, like his show, rate, subscribe, review, all that good stuff, and stay on the lookout for what the Hawks could be doing next. And we're out of here. Until next time, peace.